0: Talking wellness at Memorial Care Health System. It's time for a weekly dose of wellness. Here's Deborah Howell. And welcome to the show. I am Deborah Howell, and today we'll be talking about how to identify serious anxiety in your child. Our guest today is Dr. Joanna Powell. Dr. Powell is the clinical psychologist at the Stramsky Children's Developmental Center, Memorial Care Miller Children's and Women's Hospital Long Beach, where she supports the medical team through psychological assessments, appropriate referrals, treatment recommendations, and support for patients and their families. Welcome, Dr. Powell. Thank you so much for having me. So nice to have you. Now, anxiety is treatable, but about 80% of kids with diagnosable anxiety disorder are not getting treatment. Dr. Powell, what is the difference between normal anxiety and anxiety disorders?
1: Sure. Um, Typical healthy anxiety is uh, sporadic and may be brought on by various events, um, experiences, people or places, but it stops. Think about a child who's just Uh, afraid of Uncle Bob's dog, for example. There's an end without fear because that child is only scared about Uncle Bob's dog. Mm -hmm. It is a rational reaction uh, to unstable or dangerous situations, but when that anxiety or stress is severe or repetitious, it becomes unhealthy. Anxiety disorders include reaction to triggers that are disproportionate or irrational to specific events, experiences, people, or places So instead of a child being afraid of Uncle Bob's dog, for example, that child may be afraid of all dogs, no matter what. Ah. So anxiety disorders include um, excessive fear, worry, and other behaviors that continue over time, the operative word being excessive.
0: Okay, and what are some of the different types of anxiety disorders?
1: Sure. Um, There are a couple. Um, Currently, the anxiety disorders are uh, separation anxiety disorder, selective mutism, specific phobias, social anxiety, also known as social phobia, panic disorder, agoraphobia, generalized anxiety disorder, substance or medication-induced anxiety, and other anxieties that are not specific to a trigger.
0: Wow, that's a lot of different types. How common is social anxiety among adolescents and teens?
1: It is actually very common, and although it affects a significant portion of the 12- to 25-year-old population, it is much more common and actually still on the rise in high school students. It is also more prevalent in girls. Um, Anxiety is also significantly higher than depression in college students, so um, it's more prevalent than we actually uh, know. And recent data suggests that about 6% of children are affected by social anxiety, which can start as early as age 5 and peaks around the age of 12. So developmentally, it's important to remember that social anxiety affects friendship quality, rejection experiences, and intimacy. Therefore, untreated anxiety before the age of 12, for example, can significantly affect future relationships.
0: Absolutely. So what are some of the symptoms of anxiety disorders that parents should look out for?
1: There are actually quite a few, so I'm just going to list them, Um, but keep in mind that no two children are alike, and some children may experience only two or three of those. Others may experience a lot of them, but the parents should definitely look out for um, headaches, stomach problems, sleep difficulties, angry outbursts, constant worry, checking things, um, irritability, racing thoughts, poor concentration, even eating difficulties, changes in habits, just crying bouts, missing school, and generally um, just extreme reactions to typical situations. Uh, specific signs that parents can also look for are their children being more quiet, keeping to themselves, becoming more withdrawn if encouraged to talk, uh, being passive, uh, being overly concerned with negative evaluations, increased fear of embarrassment and humiliation, um, even physical signs like crossing their arms and keeping their heads down more often and showing limited facial expressions. Um, poor school performance is another one. Not participating in class projects or group activities. Even being scared to speak up in class or not wanting to go to class if they're late that morning. Um, sitting alone more often at lunch. They may have fewer friends, avoid going out or even avoiding eye contact. Some teens may also be self-medicating nowadays, and given everything that I said, um, it's also difficult, or it could be more difficult, for parents to notice these signs if they experience anxiety themselves. And
0: what are some of the common treatments for these anxiety disorders?
1: Uh, Treatment usually includes therapy, medication, or a combination of both. Um, the most successful form of therapy is based on cognitive behavioral therapy techniques. Um, trauma focused cognitive behavioral therapy can also be used depending on a child's history. Um, exposure therapy or virtual reality aided exposure therapy are the most successful, yes, most uncomfortable forms of therapy. So if we go back to the dog example, uh, exposure therapy would be gradually getting a child who's afraid of all dogs to, um, be okay with small dogs, with a puppies, for example, and working gradually until that child does not fear old dogs and may have a good reason to fear Uncle Bob's dog, for example, mm-hmm. but it's not irrational. Got it. Other forms of therapy um, could include um, equine or pet therapy and even yoga. Really? Yes.
0: That helps just calm the mind and uh, reduce stress, huh?
1: Absolutely. It helps with breathing and regulating a heartbeat, and it can be very, very helpful in um, helping children in the long run.
0: I can imagine that all the benefits of, you know, maybe doing yoga as a family might bring. Absolutely. What are some of the barriers that prevent people from seeking treatment?
1: Logistics and finances, actually, most of the time. Um, Busy lives, shame, stigma, denial that there's a problem financial burdens, um, other members of the family having mental health problems or medical problems, cultural, even religious beliefs about mental health. Um, The other barrier is the belief that everyone has anxiety, therefore dismissing it as a problem. So people just assume it's normal, um, even though it can be debilitating, so they don't do anything about it.
0: Absolutely. Now, are there some factors that may increase a child's risk of developing an anxiety disorder?
1: Absolutely. Um, In general, um, an overactive fight or flight response um, due to past or current trauma. So a child just panics or freezes depending on what the situation may be. So for example, with a dog example, if a child just sees a dog, um, no matter how far away it is, they may just react instead of thinking, oh, it's not anywhere close to me, or it's on a leash and it can't bite me. Um, struggling with social acceptance is another factor that can increase um, anxiety. Bullying actually perpetuates the cycle, mm-hmm. um, and also high demands from school, from parents, from friends, and even self-imposed. Um, children who are not ready or mature enough to deal with um, the aftermath of those fears, tend to feel more um, out of control and experience anxiety like emotional chaos.
0: Right. So, Dr. Pell, what's the first step that parents should take if they're worried about their child?
1: I would say listen. Uh, Learn to accept, identify, and verbalize feelings from a very early age. Uh, Like I mentioned before, this can start as early as five. So having um, open conversations with your child uh, can definitely help. Uh, taking judgment and failure out of the equation when talking about fears, providing understanding and being open to whatever the subject is, channeling feelings into something creative or positive like yoga or uh, art or sports, and monitoring uh, social media, actually. Um, Interestingly enough, the hashtag uh, self-harm, three M's at the end, has over 2.5 million mentions. So children actually... um, Communicate about their fears and, and express themselves over social media a lot more nowadays. So if parents can um, educate um, and provide uh, boundaries for their children, um, it should definitely help some. And, and we'll, in addition to that, yes? Please go on. Um, I was just going to say in addition to that, uh, regardless of cultural or religious beliefs, parents should be open to having their children at least evaluated by a professional.
0: Got it. And where can parents go to find out more about the Stramsky Children's Developmental Center?
1: Uh, We have a website that parents can go through the Miller Children's uh, Long Beach uh, website as well, but our website is stramskycenter.com, S-T-R-A-M-S-K-I-C-E-N-T-E-R.com.
0: Thank you so much, Dr. Powell, for being on the show today. We really, really enjoyed having you and appreciate what you offered today.
1: Thank you so much, Deborah.
0: To learn more or to hear a podcast of this show, please go to memorialcare.org. That's memorialcare.org. That's all for this time. I'm Deborah Howell. Have yourself a terrific day.